with Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're talking about the Gulf Breeze UFO incident. That's correct, the Gulf Breeze UFO incident. So back in late 1987 and early 1988, a series of UFO sightings occurred in the town of Gulf Breeze, Florida. The most famous of these sightings was made by Ed Walters, a local contractor. On November 11, 1987, Walters took five Polaroid photos of a triangular object hovering in the sky near his home. The photos were widely circulated in the media and were seen by millions of people. Now, Walters claimed that he was immobilized by a blue beam of light before taking the photos. He also said that he saw the object land on the ground and then take off again. Other witnesses came forward to report seeing similar objects in the sky around the same time. The UFO photos were analyzed by a number of experts, including Bruce McAbee, a well-respected UFO researcher. Now, if you've ever seen uh, McAbee's work, he really seems like a credible, intelligent guy to me. Now, McAbee concluded that the photos were genuine and could not be explained by any known hoaxes. However, other experts disagreed, and some even accused Walters of faking the photos. The Gulf Breeze UFO incident remains a mystery to this day. There's no definitive proof that objects seen by Walters and others were actually UFOs, but the photos and eyewitness accounts are certainly compelling. Now, for UFO believers like us, the Gulf Breeze incident is one of the most convincing cases of alien visitation ever recorded. And we go on, we find out that some of the evidence that the UFO believers point to as proof, and I think really makes this case so unique, is that the photos taken by Ed Walters were clear, they were well-focused, and they show a strange object that doesn't match any known aircraft. Now, the photos were taken by a credible witness, and Walters doesn't have a history of hoaxing. You talk about a guy that's a member of the community, he's taking these pictures, and you got to admit, if these things were hoaxed, it would take an awful lot of work. Now, other witnesses came forward to report seeing similar objects in the sky around the same time. The experts who analyzed the photos were unable to find any evidence that they were faked. So here you go again. I mean, the guy comes forward, he has these pictures. They are examined by an expert. He says, they look real to me. And then the debunkers come in and say, oh, well, those are hoaxed. But they don't give any evidence. It looks like to me, Mr. Walters is the one presenting all of the evidence. Now, of course, there are also some skeptics who believe that the Gulf Breeze UFO incident was a hoax. And they point to the fact that Walters had a history of financial problems. And they argue that he may have faked the photos in order to make money. However, the evidence for the hoax theory is not as strong as evidence for the UFO theory. Ultimately, the truth about the Gulf Breeze UFO incident is unknown. However, the photos and eyewitness accounts are certainly compelling, 
and they continue to be a source of fascination around the world. I think this is just a really cool case, and we're going to get into a couple articles about this right now. Now, the first article that we're looking at comes to us from the Palm Beach Post, and it's dated October 15, 2020, written by Elliot Kleinberg. It says, Florida Time, the Gulf Breeze UFO Sightings. And it's got a it's got one of the pictures here of this UFO that was purportedly photographed. I'll put up links on the Buy Me A Coffee website. And somebody made a comment the other day that, hey, why don't you put up the links? Well, normally I do. Uh, this week I was trying to find another car, so I got a little bit busy doing that. But uh, if you go to the Buy Me A Coffee website, you can normally find the links over there. And uh, as always, thanks to the folks that make contributions over there and at the Spotify website. And don't forget to like and follow wherever you're listening to the podcast at, because it doesn't cost anything. Now, the article says, uh, Ed and Francis Walters claim that the dozens of photographs and a one-minute, 38-second video that Ed shot in a six-month span from November 1987 to May 1988 were those of spaceships over their home in Gulf Breeze, a Pensacola suburb. They weren't alone. A city council member said he saw bright saw a bright orange object fly over on March 17, 1988. A retired newspaper publisher said he saw it too. So did a doctor, a chemical engineer, and his wife. About a hundred witnesses in all backed Walter's claims. Now, just think about that. A hundred people. These guys sound pretty reliable. I mean, a chemical engineer, a newspaper publisher, a doctor, city council member. You know, you got to give some. You got to give some weight to these eyewitness accounts. Gulf Breeze is not the first place in Florida to report sightings. Indian legends, settler folklore, police affidavits, and numerous formal reports to the Mutual UFO Network all detail people's convictions that something's out there in the skies over Florida, and they saw it. Ed Walters didn't just see the ships, he says. They burned his grass and shot a beam of unearthly blue light that once froze his legs to the ground and another time missed his wife by inches while he captured the encounter on film. Almost seems like maybe this was an attempted abduction. He reported hearing in his mind both the instructions of the aliens and discussions of earthlings he believes were being held aboard the ships. Now that would be a terrible, just terrorizing thought. He said he saw an alien standing outside his window and his bed. There's a 90-minute stretch for which he said he can't account that he said ended with him waking up face down on the beach sand in his mouth. He believes he was a victim of alien abduction. I would really be interested if this guy has had any kind of a examination for implants. The Walters called the encounters the most astounding multiple sightings of UFOs in U.S. history in their book, The Gulf Breeze Sightings, which were followed by another book four years later. What naively we did was think by writing it down, it would stop people like you from calling, Francis Walters laughed in a 1996 telephone interview with this writer for my book, Weird Florida. How wrong we were, she said. Cities, uh, critics said the whole thing was a hoax. A reporter said he found a UFO model in Walter's attic, and others challenged the photographs as double exposure prints, the products of a faulty Polaroid and pictures of red balloons. The naysayers hadn't changed their mind. And then it has a, a link here to another article. Others still insisted it really did happen. Walters, a building contractor by profession, told me in 1996 that he could not explain why his personal ordeal stopped at the end of that six-month stretch. Quote, often there are questions like that. 
that can only be answered by the beings responsible for the UFOs, whatever they might be, he said. It's not something that's within our grasp to even understand. Wow. Well, what gets me about this case is all of the hundred other people that saw these things. So, I mean, you can question uh, the photographs. You can question the, ex the uh, experience of Ed and Francis Walters. But what about the hundred other reliable witnesses that seen these things? And the pictures, you know, it is 1987. It's not like he's got a, you know, an Apple uh, or iPhone or Samsung 23 or whatever that he's out here uh, photographing these things with. So even in spite of that, we ha this is still, no matter, even if the pictures were, were to be disproven uh, today, this is still a mass sighting. Now let's look at this next article. So we see this article from ufoinsight.com. I think they do a lot of good work over there. The title says, One of the most divisive cases in history, the Gulf Breeze UFO Encounters. It's written by Marcus Louth. He begins by saying, An apparent wave of close contact UFO encounters and even possible alien abductions that unfolded in Gulf Breeze, Florida in the late 1980s remains one of the most intriguing and divisive cases in UFO history. What was initially regarded by many as one of the best UFO sightings, complete with photographic evidence of recent times, captured by the main witnesses, Ed Walters, quickly descended into claims of a hoax and counterclaims of attempts to discredit the main witness. Indeed, the case remains a topic of discussion in UFO circles today, almost four decades later. Yeah, you had this sighting, you had these pictures, and you had a hundred other people see the saying, many, many reliable witnesses, but it, it kind of all became about uh, Walters and the pictures that he took. Now, he says, uh, what is further interesting about the Gulf Breeze UFO sightings and something that lends a touch of potential credibility to Walters' version of events is that many other residents of the region also began making reports of very similar aerial anomalies, almost all of whom had no connection to the witness. And adding a further twist are the hints that Walters' sightings, at least some of them, might have also been cases of alien abduction. The Gulf Breeze UFO sightings takes us down many twists and turns and just could be a case with secrets left to reveal. Gazana says, a bizarre craft hovering outside. The curious events began over Gulf Breeze on the evening of November 11, 1987, when a local building contractor, Ed Walters, was working late at his home when he noticed a strange light outside his property. Intrigued, he made his way to the window to see what the source of the glow might be. Amazed, he could see a glowing object hovering in the sky. Although his view was partially obscured by a tree outside his house, wanting to get a better view, Walters immediately ventured outside. As soon as he stepped outside, he realized he was viewing something out of the ordinary. He would later describe the object as a top-shaped craft with a circle of bright lights on the underside. Around the edges were what appeared to be dark square windows that were separated by portals. So he's having a full-on UFO sighting here. I mean, detail. One of these common sightings that we see, we're talking about seeing the portals around the craft. You know, basically telling us, hey, there's somebody in there and they're looking outside. It says, after taking in the surreal events, he quickly rushed inside his property in order to retrieve his Polaroid camera. He then rushed back outside and quickly snapped several pictures of the aerial anomaly from his front yard. Remember, pre-cell phone. Wanting to get a better view, he left his yard, stepped out onto the street, and headed close to the hovering otherworldly vehicles, taking several more pictures as he did so. A moment later, the object headed in his direction and then hovered directly over where he was standing. 
Then things would turn even stranger. As he looked up at the craft, a sudden bright blue beam of light came from the underside and struck him. He would state that the force of the light was so strong that he was even lifted several feet off the ground. Now this reminds me of these people who see these blue beams come out of these things and, and even pick up cattle, say, beaming them up to the ship. And I don't know what it is about the color blue, but that is so common in these sightings. He later described the moment to a local newspaper stating that, it was, that as soon as the light hit him, he was unable to move his arms and that his entire body appeared blue. He further recalled that he was trying to breathe, but my chest wouldn't expand. At the same time, a voice appeared in his head stating that he should not worry and that we will not harm you. Despite these assurances, Walter screamed to be put down. He also recalled a piercing smell, a little scent of an ammonia mixed with the heavy cinnamon that he said scorched, then stuck to the back of his throat. Now, this doesn't sound like uh, a situation where they're all sitting around the campfire singing Kumbaya. This is, a, this is clearly an abduction, a clear, clearly a criminal abduction. This guy's being taken against his will aboard this craft. The article continues. It says, things then turn even more bizarre as he began seeing pictures and images of dogs in his head, further describing this as if he was turning pages in a book in his mind, while humming sounds began resonating in his head. This is almost some sort of cognitive distance technique, I think, where they're putting this guy in a state of hypnosis so that he's not aware of what they're doing to him. Really devious. The next memory he had was waking up on the ground. He looked up around him. The strange craft was, nowhere to, was now nowhere to be seen. Dazed, perplexed, and a little in awe at what, he just, at what had just transpired, Walters returned to his house with his photographs. After remaining quiet about the incident for almost a week, on the afternoon of the 17th of November, he made the decision to contact the local newspaper, the Gulf Breeze Sentinel. He met with the editor and told him of the bizarre events six nights previously, as well as presenting him with his photographic evidence. However, he would do so under the guise of having been given the pictures and relaying an anonymous person's account. However, as the days and weeks went on, Walters would claim, would, would claim further sightings, eventually admitting that it was he and not his anonymous friend who was a witness to these bizarre happenings. It sounds like maybe he was just a little bit too freaked out by this whole situation to come forward and say, hey, this happened to me. So he gets off to a little bit of a bumbling start, but finally then he makes the revelations and then, of course, everything just breaks loose. It says, on the evening of the November 20th, Walters claimed to suddenly be able to hear voices coming from somewhere, as well as the hum that had filled his head during his initial encounter. This is something else that we hear sometimes with these abduction cases, and that is that, that, that people are spoken to telepathically by things, and then after they get back home, even away from the ship, they're still hearing these telepathic voices. And this just sounds like a terrible situation to me. I, <laughs> I mean, I would be looking for relief from that. He says he left what he was doing and made his way outside. Once there, he could see a glowing orb-like object that was descending. Then it stopped and hovered in place for several moments, allowing him to take a picture of it. So, second encounter. Several weeks later, at around 3.30 a.m. in the early hours of the 2nd of December, the family's pet dragged Williams from sleep with its sudden barking. Walters got out of bed and headed to the French doors where the dog had his focus. Cautiously, he opened the blinds and was beyond shock to see a strange figure standing directly outside looking at him. He described this creature as being around four feet tall with a particularly large head and large black eyes. And they have an image of a gray alien here. You can imagine opening your curtains up in your front door and seeing this gray alien standing there staring at you, stalking you. 
He would further claim that he was so surprised at the sight that he momentarily fell to the ground in shock. After two, after the two locked stairs for several moments, the strange figure turned around and began to walk away. Wow, that is so weird. At this point, Walters opened the doors and began to pursue the creature. After taking only a few steps, however, the same bright blue beam of after taking only a few steps, however, the same bright blue beam of light rapidly descended from above and instantly paralyzed him. He looked on as a small figure headed off into a field and disappeared from sight. A moment later, the blue beam retracted and he could move once more. Already with his camera in his hand, he took a picture of the object now hovering over the field where the creature had headed, shooting a blue beam down to the ground. Walter stated that it was his belief that this second beam was picking up the creature that had been outside his house. And these pictures are really something. I have I definitely go to the Buy Me a Coffee website and link this article and look at these pictures. Only two nights later, in the early hours of the 5th of December, yet another incident occurred. Once more, he was dragged mysteriously from sleep and witnessed the object again, this time hovering over the high school that was near Walter's home. After several moments, the object descended, although Walter's could tell it hovered just above the ground or it actually landed. By this time, not only had many in the local community heard of Walter's claims, but so did UFO investigators and organizations. And one of these was MUFON, who had contacted Walters in order to conduct an investigation into the enigmatic affair. After examining the photographs and listening in detail to Walters' accounts, they were largely impressed, even describing it as one of the most credible cases in modern UFO history. They had even provided Walters with specialized cameras and equipment so that he could capture clearer images should he have any further encounters. Now, it has an image here, just kind of a bright yellow uh, ball of light. I think the ship pictures he took are actually better, but you can, you can judge for yourself. Investigators also began to collect other sightings from Gulf Breeze and nearby residents. One of these even occurred on the same day as Walter's initial sighting on the 11th of November. Several hours earlier, at around 4.30 a.m., Arthur Hufford claimed that on the afternoon in question, he and his wife witnessed an object that looked exactly like the one photographed by Walter's hovering over the trees in Pensacola. In an article of Hufford's report, Jackie Brooks wrote in the News Journal that he was a quiet, sober, involved, intelligent man and somebody you would trust to tell the truth. Then it goes on and says in the same article, she also highlighted a similar sighting by Dr. Ferner McConnell and described him as a well-respected man in the community. And like Hufford, his account was corroborated by his wife. So you got two different couples here. Both people were well-respected in the community, seeing the same thing that Walters has. And then it goes on and talks a little bit about some of the debunking claims. I'm not going to get into that. I, I really don't even care about it because um, the pictures are good. What I like about this case the most and what I find to be the most the, the, the most impressive is not necessarily the pictures, but the fact that this was a mass sighting. You had Walters see these videos, or see these, uh, the, the, these a UFO, take pictures of it, but you had a hundred other people witness this thing. And that's what seems to get so little attention about all this. It goes on and says, Despite the skeptics, however, further sightings of bizarre objects hovering and moving over the regions continue to unfold, with Walters himself recording several more apparent close encounters. Indeed, although he, although he began by giving his information under the guise of a go-between, he would quickly become a celebrity in the state of Florida and even appearing on several television shows that wished to examine his apparent evidence of visitation. Well, it, here's... Here's the problem with this. 
anytime you have somebody that just that just be, becomes so famous for one of these sightings, the thing I find is is a lot of times that individual just becomes a lightning rod, unfortunately. And just think about it: if you've got the entire uh, power of the national media behind it, and they wanted to person you they're probably going to find something to deperson you with. And if you look at the story and do a little bit of background research on it like I have, it seems like that as so many times, the media just focused in on this one guy and these pictures and, and just glossed over or ignored the fact that this was a mass sighting, over 100 people, and you had lots and lots of very credible people, doctors, engineers, city council member, uh, people seeing this with their wives at the same time, people that had a, had a lot to lose reputational-wise, had nothing to gain uh, financial-wise. Now, they'll come out and they'll say, well, Walters wrote a book, Walter was on TV, he was trying to get out of debt, blah, blah, blah. I don't know about any of that. But there was no reason for this medical doctor or this local you know, city council member or the engineer, none of these guys, they had nice, quiet lives. They were doing just fine. They didn't need the attention. But they had the, the courage and the character to come forward and report what they saw. And it matched what Walters was telling us. So at some point, if there's a criminal trial and 10 people saw a guy rob a bank in broad daylight, and nine of those people say, yeah, I saw the guy, I saw the guy rob the bank, and this is his description. And the 10th person that says, yeah, I was there and I saw the guy rob the bank, his description matches, but... Maybe he has a history that, well, well, this guy, he's got an alternative motive. Uh, maybe he's got financial problems, or maybe he's an attention seeker. That's not going to probably do much good for the bank robber. The evidence of those nine people that all agree is going to outweigh uh, any uh, evidence to the contrary of that tenth person who happens to agree with them. So this idea that we can destroy this report based on uh, questions about one person you know, who took the pictures. I, it just kind of shows you where we're at in this whole discovery of the UFO uh, phenomenon. Now, before I finish up, just to show that this stuff's been going on, this Gulf Breeze region down there seems to be a real hotbed for UFO activity. All the time I'm seeing reports show up, and I don't know if there's some kind of a underwater UFO base down there or if this is just a convenient place for them to go in and out of. But I found this account from uh, May 14th, 2019 uh, on weartv.com. It says, Florida man captures video of UFO sighting in Gulf Breeze. And you can watch the video here at the link. It says, an unidentified flying object was seen flying over the Midway area in Santa Rosa County. According to George Sheldon III, a witness who captured the whole incident on his cell phone video stated he saw a bright light flashing like a beacon in the sky on Monday night around 11.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time. So we've come a long way since 1988. I mean, Polaroid pictures back then. Today we have these uh, highfalutin cell phones. It can tell you exactly where you were at when you took the picture. But we don't get any credit from the debunkers, do we? Sheldon said the craft appeared over the southern sky near Midway and Gulf Breeze. The witness told us the object was in front of the clouds and caused them to illuminate. Think about that. See this big bright light, and it's so bright that it's lighting up the clouds behind it. And that's got to be something. Sheldon said he quickly grabbed his camera to capture the sightings and repeated, quote, He's never seen a light like this before. 
I can believe it. Channel 3 News asked Sheldon what he thought of the object was, and he stated it's the first time he's ever seen anything odd or out of the ordinary due to him being an avid sky watcher, but doubts it's a military aircraft. Yeah, I have to kind of doubt that too. You can watch the video. I think it's pretty cool. So there we have the Gulf Breeze UFO incident of 1987 and 88, and it's still going on today in 2023. Until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over and out.